0: Matthew chapter 9, if you have your Bible this morning, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 9. I want us to look again, verse 36 to 38, we looked at this a couple weeks ago, but I want to emphasize another, another part of this, this verse. We're in a series, Better Together. Right now we're in five weeks being in community together. Many of you have joined community groups. And it's been amazing. We have over 60 community groups happening throughout First Assembly. And uh, it's just amazing. And so I've heard some great stories from different people who have connected. Uh, people even saying, hey, I saw that person at church for a couple years, but now I'm actually getting to know them, as well as just new people connecting to the congregation. And so we really do believe that we're better together. We're made for each other. We need each other. And that's the way that God has called us. And so I, I pray that uh, you're getting connected to community. And also, um, many of the groups are going to continue on following the five weeks as well. But if you want to still get connected, you can just jump in at any week. And we're going to be launching community groups three times every year. And so this is our first fall launch. And so you can join again in the new year or you can just join today. Uh, Pastor Chris will be at the table back and he'll be able to help you get connected uh, with some of his team out there. So we've been looking at our values together. Uh, as we're better together. Two weeks ago, I spoke about discipleship. And we looked at how discipleship, one way to understand it is, are we moving? Discipleship is movement. Are we moving closer to God, to his heart? Are we moving closer to mission? And are we moving closer to each other? And as we do that, we can know that we're taking steps and we're growing together as disciples. Last Sunday Thanksgiving, Pastor Cliff preached an amazing word. I was so ministered to. He saw our our value of generosity. And how thankfulness, a thankful spirit opens up generosity. And how generosity really brings the kingdom. It was such a great word. This morning, I want us to look at the value of evangelism. As a church, we believe that the Great Commission... That how Jesus has called us to be on mission with him. It's about reaching people who are far away from Christ for them to come to know Jesus personally in their lives. And in a room like today, I would say that most of us would likely be followers of Christ. Some of us have journeyed with Jesus for a little while. Others have journeyed with Jesus their whole lives. And other people today, maybe you're here, you're just kind of kicking the tires on what does it mean to be a Christian. And so it doesn't matter where we are today, but as followers of Christ, as we become followers, He calls us to uh, join Him in His mission. It's the most wonderful and incredible opportunity that there is. You think about that. The God of the universe that says, Hey, come here, I want you, I need you. I want to invite you into what I'm doing. I want you to invite you into being what I'm a part of, or what, rather, what He's a part of. He invites us in. What, what an amazing thought that the Father of the universe, this amazing God, would, would call us to himself as his family and say, hey, not only are we family, but we're on mission. We're doing something. And to share his love, to share the good news of Jesus, the gospel, uh, in a, to a world that is just so in desperate need. And so as we look at this idea of evangelism this morning, I want us to frame it like this. And I've entitled this message this morning, if you are taking notes, Enlarging Your Circle of Love. I want us to see evangelism uh, not just as a course or a class, although some of those things are great and they're appropriate, or some kind of have-to-do thing as a Christian, but I want to help you this morning take some steps to being a soul winner, an evangelist, because I believe that as a follower of Christ that it's in your heart to do that. It's totally in your heart to do that. And I want to show you how you can go from where you are and begin to move forward as a soul winner by enlarging your circle of love. So let's look at this Matthew chapter 9 this morning. When he saw the crowds, this is Jesus, he was ministering and crowds began to follow him because people were being healed and set free and he was calling disciples and all these miracles were taking place and as he saw these crowds it says he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep Without a shepherd. So, as Jesus saw these crowds that were following, he stops and he kind of looks around at these crowds of people. And many people, one on one, Jesus had ministered to, had touched, had healed. But now these throngs of people, crowds of people are following him. And he looks and has a deep compassion for them. Why? Because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, sheep don't do very well without a shepherd they kind of wander off, they kind of, you know, get stuck, they kind of, they just, they need guidance, and they need care. And I know we don't necessarily live in a, you know, a farm, we live in a city, but there are many people here, maybe you're familiar more with, with sheep farming, but the idea is that sheep need care, they need, they need a shepherd, and Jesus had compassion because they were, they were like, they were like sheep just wandering and stuck, and, 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 wandering away, and his heart was to, to draw them to himself, Then, verse 37, then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And asked the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them incredible compassion. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, they were lost, they were wandering. I've shared the story in Growth Track before, but a number of years ago our family was on a vacation in Southern California it's when the kids were just little. And I was helping one of our daughters. She was in one of these little foldable collapsible strollers with the seatbelt. And she was there, and then I was helping and I, I turned, she was in that with the seatbelt on. I turned to help another child with something. I turned back and the stroller was empty. And we were in a California theme park. One of the big theme parks down there. So there's people everywhere, noise. And as a dad, I just begin to feel all kinds of emotion. I, I begin to panic. I begin to feel like, where's my daughter? Nothing else really began to matter to me. I had a, a one thing on my mind. I had one thing that I was focused on, and it was, I have to find my daughter. She's lost. And about 20 minutes went by before we found her. But I tell you, those 20 minutes were the most painful 20 minutes of my entire life. If you've ever lost a child, even temporarily, you know that in my heart, I could just feel it pounding, just pounding. And all I could think about is, she's lost, and I need to find her. She's lost, and I need to find her. And when we finally found her, I remember even just before we found her, I was sitting in the office describing her to somebody. I said, has anybody found a lost child? They said, nobody's found a lost child. It was like 15 minutes in. And all the worst-case scenarios in my mind are racing through my head. When When I finally found her, I saw her. She saw me. We hugged. We embraced. I thought, I just never, ever want to lose you again. And the Lord just kind of showed me something as I was reflecting on that sometime later. And he said, you know what? He said, that's my heart for lost people. That's the compassion. That's the passion. That's the spiritual passion and temperature of my heart for lost people that that they're lost and I need to find them and I need to reach them. And, And God is such a pursuer of us, isn't he? I just love how God pursues his children. He, he pursues us. But he's also called you and me to participate with him, to be his hands and to be his feet. And I think we need to, in our own lives, as a church today, as we look at this value of evangelism, take stock in our own lives, in our own hearts, and ask ourselves, what's our compassion temperature for lost people? And I want to ask us that question, and I want you to ask that question of yourself individually. What is my passion temperature? What, what, what is my compassion level for lost people? And I believe this morning what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to, to bring it up from where you are, and he wants to move you forward by enlarging your circle of love. God wants to move us forward in Great Commission living because there's a city that he longs to reach. There's lost people that God has called us to live our lives in in a place of receptivity and obedience to him. Is that true of you and me today? Do we have a passion to reach people far away from Jesus? I want to show you a tool this morning. Kevin Harvney is pastor down in uh, California, and I, I learned this from him. This is called, um, this is just a gauge of one one to ten, and this would be, uh, right here, this would be cold, and over in this side would be hot, and Right here would be five. And so this is like a scale. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. And this would be yeah. <laughs> no. Thank you. And so it's just it's just a way. It's just it's just a way for you and me to be able to figure out how do we move up in our in our passion level. And it's called the one degree it's called the one degree rule. And so the way it works is Right here, if you're like a one, or you, you can ask yourself this today. You can ask yourself this at any given time. I ask myself this regularly. What, what is my passion level for seeing people? What is my spiritual temperature? Where, where is that? Is it increasing or is it decreasing for lost people? And so right here, you can ask yourself, well, some of you might say, well, you know, if you're over here and you're cold, you're probably not even thinking about lost people. You're not even kind of considering, you're not praying for lost people. There's no people in your life or in your social circles that would, you know, not know Jesus. You, you know, you hang out only with Christians, and quite honestly, maybe your heart has just kind of gone colder. And so you might even say, well, I'm a one or a two, or maybe you say, oh, I'm about a three today. Like, I, I care about lost people, but it's really not on my radar. And then maybe if you're kind of on fire, and maybe you're a fiery evangelist in the, the place, maybe you're up here, and you're, you're more like a, about a seven. You know, you're, you're, or maybe you're even more. You're like, you're red hot, and you're, you're a ten. You're like witnessing to people. You're sharing Jesus with everybody, everywhere you can go. You're like that guy on Facebook, and every, every post is a scripture verse, and, and everything is about, you know, you need to Jesus. And Maybe you're just like, you pull out all the stops, and you're just on fire for Jesus. You're praying for lost friends. You're involved with lost people. So here's my goal this morning. I believe that through the help of the Holy Spirit, that he's going to help every one of us move from wherever we are one degree. Wherever you are today, God wants to move your spiritual temperature of a heart for lost people just up from where you are right now. Because I believe that as we evaluate, and we can evaluate this every day of our lives, and quite honestly, there's sometimes... That I have to evaluate this, and I ask myself, "Where's my spiritual temperature for lost people?" And it's below five, and I'm the pastor of First Assembly Church. <laughs> some of you might sh- that might shock you. Some of you might get up and just leave right now. But there are days I'm more into nachos. I'm more into you know taking you know taking some time and th- you know hanging out. And I- I'm not thinking about lost people 24 seven. But then there's times it's higher and God is rekindling and re-sparking something in my heart and I'm reaching out to lost people and I'm sharing my faith. But wherever you are today, I want you to ask yourself, where are you and on this one degree rule and how can you move forward? And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help you. and I'm going to show you how we can do that uh, this morning. When we think of evangelism, the word evangelism, sometimes we, we actually get kind of bogged down by that idea because we think, well, evangelism means now i got to go hand out tracts to everybody. Now, if you are a person that hands out tracts, I say God bless you because I believe that in every way, in every form... People can come to Jesus. I've met people that said, somebody on the street handed me a track. I prayed a prayer. I'm, I'm Christian, and I've been serving Jesus for 30 years. And they got their hair slicked back, and they got a Bible on their arm. You know, like I'm thinking, it works, okay? Is it the only way? No. There's all kinds of ways. And I believe that every way that God would call you and me to be on mission, to, to share the gospel, the good news with people, is, is a good way as we do it in love. And as we do it in obedience to the Spirit. But it's not about a campaign. It's not obligation. Sometimes we're, we're, fear, we're fearful of rejection, aren't we? What if I share Jesus with somebody and they reject me? Well, Jesus actually said if that happens, you're blessed. So how many want to get more blessed? <laughs> Start sharing your faith. Hi, would you like to know Jesus? No. Praise the Lord. I just got a blessing, you know? I mean, it's, it's in the Bible. So, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a win-win. If they accept Jesus, great. If they reject you, great. And if they say, I'll think about it, that's actually great too. Because sometimes people need time. But it's, it's sharing the love of Jesus. It's stepping out. But sometimes we also are, are fearful. Like, do I have all the answers? You know, I would share the gospel more, but do I have the answers? I want to just kind of offload any, any pressure on you this morning. Because I believe moving one degree hotter, more on fire, letting, letting that temperature crank up in our lives to be focused and to be compassionate for souls can happen as we pray and we ask the Lord and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to stay in that place of sensitivity to his spirit. And I believe there are two things, and here's kind of the big idea of the message today that, that I think we can, we can hang our hat on, that we can, by seeing people and serving people, we will enlarge our circle of love. It's, it's simple in the sense that as we can say, God, would you help me to see? Like Jesus saw the crowds. The disciples, man, they got upset because they said, Jesus, there's one time that they're feeding all the, you know, they were, rather he was teaching all these people and, and uh, they got hungry and the disciples said, hey, let's just send them home. It's getting late. This is a desolate place. Let's send these people away. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. He says that he had compassion on them. He saw them as people, as individuals. I think that the key for us to be on mission and to raise that temperature of evangelism in our own hearts and our own lives is when we begin to see the crowd not as a problem like the disciples did, but begin to see the crowd as individual people like Jesus did. To be on mission means that we don't look at the crowds and say, there's nothing I can do, I'm not trained, I feel obliged, I feel obligated, I feel like people are going to reject me, I don't have enough Bible college, I don't have enough training, I don't know the answers. And we just kind of look at the crowd sometimes and we say, well, I'm just going to not think about it. But rather we say, God, give me your passion and give me compassion for the lost. Help me to see people the way you see them, Lord. Help me to have that fire inside of me to see people come to Christ. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. But before it can be good news for other people, guess what? It has to be good news for you. It has to be a a call and a cry. And today that could be actually where you will move. How God may move you today might be from where you are to where you need to be. It might be, restore to me, God, as David prayed, the joy of my salvation. God, show me again what it means to be saved, to be going to heaven God, show me again how good your grace is to me, because when it's good news to us, it cannot help but be good news to other people. But we have to then say, God, from that place, give me eyes to see lost people, and help me serve lost people by expanding my circle of love. I use this word lost very intentionally this morning. This whole idea of evangelism, it comes, the, our English word comes from the Greek word, and it means to proclaim or preach the good news of the gospel. And the reason why we need to proclaim and, and preach the gospel is because people are lost without Christ. Did you know that if, if you don't know Jesus in the sense, if you haven't surrendered your life to receive his grace and his forgiveness in your life, you and I are lost without him. We are We are, are outsiders. Paul talks about that in Ephesians, that we, are, we were once objects of, of wrath. We were, we were outsiders. We are lost without him. And there are people in our city, and even though some places and churches might be talking more of a universalistic kind of gospel, there, there is a lostness outside of Christ. And this is why Jesus came to die on the cross for you and me, that we would put our faith and our trust in him. And as we put our trust in him, we are saved and our sins are forgiven. And we are like, as Jesus said, lost sheep. Luke 15 is such a beautiful expression of God's heart for lost people. Luke 15 is so beautiful because Jesus tells a parable, and it's actually three stories in that parable. And, and in that parable, it's beautiful because you see, first of all, it's about the lost sheep, and it's about the shepherd who, who leaves the 99 sheep to save the one. And, and he comes back rejoicing and saying there's, there's a party, there's a celebration in heaven when, when one lost sheep comes back home. And it's a beautiful picture of Jesus. We actually see the Trinity in Luke 15. We see uh, Jesus right there as the shepherd, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd as the Bible calls him. And we see Jesus there. We also see then the second story is, is the widow who, who sweeps her house and, 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 and looks... For the, for the coin. And that's a, a beautiful picture of the searching heart of the Spirit. And then we see then the third story that Jesus tells in this parable is about the Father. And we see pictured the, the Father and how he is longing for his son caught in rebellion to come home and how he's longing for his son stuck in religion in the house to know relationship with him saying, everything I have is yours, and you don't see it. The rebellious son was lost, and the religious son was lost. And it's a heart of a father that says, I value lost people, and I want to bring them to myself. This is such a beautiful heart of God. And when we Read that scripture, and when we think about God's heart, and when Jesus saw the crowds, and there was compassion, and, and, and we have to ask ourselves, then, God, if there's in my heart, if it's getting colder, and if it's moving away from, from even caring about lost people or hanging out with lost people or, or not thinking about lost people, if I'm just comfortable in my Christian bubble and, and with my Christian friends, and, and listen, it, it's easy for us as church people to get to that place where it's just like all my friends. You know, our Christians, there's a song that was popular last year. that says, all my friends are heathen. Take it slow. And I, I kind of remember hearing that song going, all my friends are Christians. Speed it up. You know, like we got to get going. We gotta, we, but we got to reach people for Jesus as he's called us. But it starts with us going, God, help me to see the way you see. The disciples saw the crowd. They saw a problem. Jesus saw a crowd. He saw individual people. So God, help us see. Help us see. And this is our prayer, seeing lost people. Many years ago, I was flipping through the the television channels and I came across uh, one of these ministries that has children in a a country that they're starving and flies on their faces. You know those commercials. And as I'm changing channels, I flipped, I looked at it, and I couldn't bear it. So you know what I did? Like you may have done sometimes, I clicked it to the next channel. And as I clicked it to the next channel, the Holy Spirit said, go back to that channel and just sit in that for a minute. I'm like, God, I don't want to because it's uncomfortable. But I felt to do it. And I clicked back on that channel, and I watched as this ministry talked about how you you can get involved and help these kids in these countries. And I just sat there in the pain of it. I just kind of sat there in the, I didn't know what to do. It was overwhelming. I just saw a crowd. I can't help a crowd. There's how many thousands of people. What can I do? Some years later, Heather and I were talking about this and we just began to feel stirred and we began to get involved with a couple of different ministries that sponsor children. And one of the ministries, we had the opportunity to, to actually go down and to meet our sponsor child in the Dominican Republic. And that was such a game changer for me because no longer was this little girl, this beautiful girl that we support, no longer was she just part of a crowd and part of a TV commercial, but she was an individual person. We saw where she lived. We saw where she went to school and church and how she was cared for, and we hung out with her and got to know her, and she was a person. God wants you and me to see people, to see the need not just to say, well, it's a crowd and I, I can't do much about it, but he wants us to, to see people and to enlarge our circle of love. It begins by seeing and being willing to see beyond just going, well, it's just too overwhelming for me. Every time Heather and I have moved to a new neighborhood, and we've moved several times in our marriage, we've always made it a point to say, okay, well, who are our neighbors? And how do we literally just begin to reach out in our neighborhood? We've had different seasons where we've reached out. We've seen people come to Christ. We've seen neighbors. We've seen kids from school come to the Lord through our children and families. There was a season where we, we opened up our home, we felt, to, to bring in homestay students. And we saw a bit of a mini revival with some of these, these girls that came from Japan and, and Korea and we just started with a couple of them, and then they had friends who had friends, and pretty soon at our house we had you know parties full of just dozens of, of ESL students, and we we're just loving on them. And so many of those young ladies came to faith in Christ, and we still are in contact with a couple of them today. And I remember driving a youth group, you know, our van just full of, of these kids. None of them knew Jesus. We made sure they got a Bible and prayed with them, and doing whatever we can. Just. Say, trying to say, God, we want to, we want to, we want to feel your heart for lost people, and what can we do to, to see them? And since I moved to Calgary, uh, I've been pretty busy, <laughs> like you, busy with life and busy at the church and busy with people, and and I've done a few things. You know, we had some. I've had some great conversations with neighbors that live next door and shared the Lord with, with the guy next door on a couple of occasions, and. I'm at a gym that I've joined, and I've had some great conversations with people there, and I, I try to do my best in restaurants just to be sensitive to the servers and, you know, invite them out to Tahila or just share the love of Jesus with them. I, I try to do my best to, to stay on mission, and, but I'm feeling, again, just stirred, and I've been feeling lately again. I'm just like, God, if we're going to be a church that's just about reaching the lost, then Lord, that's got to really start in my life in a new way. You've got to rekindle a fresh fire. You've got to help me crank up my passion from wherever I am at a four or five or a six or a seven or an eight on any given day. And I need to say, Holy Spirit, just breathe on me and help me to see people so that I could serve them and, and enlarge my circle of love that they would, they would come to know you. Several weeks back, I was just home one day. It was kind of a day off and hanging out at the house and and uh, on my day off, so I kind of like to hide a little bit. Like, I don't, you know, it's a day off. I don't really want to get into too many spiritual conversations. Uh, you know, uh, I just kind of try to turn off the phone and just decompress. And I'm at the house, and the doorbell rings. And I look outside, and I see two young men. They're wearing ties. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so so I have that moment. You know, it's like I could, I could just kind of, you know, Answer the door and say, sorry, we're not interested. Uh, I could pretend I'm not home like you have sometimes, right? I know. (laughs) Turn off the lights. (laughs) Hide, right? And it was a couple of Mormon missionaries, and these young men were there. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you've been asking me to kind of crank up that fervor in your heart, so spend some time with these guys. I'm like, how much time, Lord? He's like, I'll tell you. (laughs) Okay. So I said, I'll get the door. So I opened up the door, and it was a beautiful afternoon. So we kind of just hung out at the front door with the door open on our front porch and at our entrance. And uh, got into conversation with these young men. They're in their early 20s. And, and you know, I have some theological training. And, and uh, like you, I have Google. I can find out all kinds of answers if I need it. But I felt like the Lord said, don't, try, don't argue with them. Just love them. Just, just see them. Just see them. And so I just took some time with these guys, and so they tried to, you know, share their doctrine with me and Joseph Smith and a few things. And by the way, if you're into Mormonism, it's not, it's not the gospel. So I would encourage you to um, come talk to Pastor Cliff. He'll set you straight. <laughs> I feel like the Lord just say love them. So they, they shared a few things, and I, I shared the gospel with them a little bit, but just kind of some basic things. And, and then I just said, guys, so you're here, you're on mission, you're, where are you from? I'm from this part of the States and that part of the States. So what do you guys do for fun? You guys are like, what, 21? Yeah, one guy's like 19, the other guy's like 21. What do you guys do for fun? Well, uh, we have our member leadership meeting. I'm like, okay, how, are those, how old are those guys you hang out with every Wednesday night or whatever? They're old guys. I'm like, okay. We got this thing on Monday night called Tehillah. You can belong before you even believe. Do you want to come out and be a part of that? Oh, what's it about? I'm like, there's a room full of 20-somethings and young people. Okay. So they listen to me. What kind of music do you guys like? well, we're not allowed to listen to this kind of music because we're on mission and this. I'm like, okay, if you w- weren't on mission, what would you listen to? Oh, well, we like this and we like that. <laughs> we like these kind of movies. and So we started talking about stuff and life and heard about their families and heard about them. and You know, at the end, they just, they wanted to give me some material and everything. I'm like, guys, here's the deal. Like, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus and I believe that God speaks to me and, and I just believe he loves you and he just wants to show you his love. And we had a great conversation at the end of it. I said, guys, why, why don't you come on out sometime to um, Monday night? Or, Yeah, they're kind of thinking about it. And I because you don't want to just hang out with old people, do you? You want to hang out with young people, right? Yeah, okay. And at the end of it, I just felt like the Lord just say, just pray with them. And honestly, I had all my Bible college training going, you know, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, you know. I had all these, like, crazy things in my head. And I just followed the Lord. I said, forget it. So I said, guys, can we just pray together? And they kind of look at each other like, I don't know if that's in the Mormon handbook. Let me. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. They're like, deers in headlights, these two young guys. And they're like, they kind of look at each other like, I think it'll be okay. I'm like, all right. So let's just join hands. I'm like, if, it's gonna, if you're going to be awkward, come to my door. I'm going to make you awkward and hold hands with you. <laughs> So he's joined hands, and I just began to pray that God would show them his love. I said, God, you love these guys. You died on the cross for these guys. Lord, they don't need to follow a man or a book. Lord God, that you have given us your word and your holy scriptures. And God, I just began to, and it was like the Holy Spirit just gave me the words to say. Because do you remember in the Bible it says that when you get up in front of people, that the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say. Friends, sometimes you just need to open your mouth. And just let it roll. And just let it flow. And just let it come out of your spirit. Let it come out. And I just began to pray with them. And they were visibly moved. At the end, they looked at me, and I, and I said, they said, you know what? I think we're going to come out and check out that Monday night thing sometime. I said, that's awesome. And then the one young guy says, would you be open, you know, if we came back and talked to you? I said, anytime. Anytime. Now, I know they have their agenda. But it took. It was a moment where God just said, just see them. Just see them. And just serve them. And one of the best ways you can see somebody who needs Christ is you just begin to serve them. Pastor James, I'm so proud of him. He's not here today, as Angel mentioned, but he's got this thing going on Tuesday nights here in the gymnasium at the church, and it's full of young men. Who play basketball. And I said, James, how many of those guys that come out, that gym full of young adults, are actually followers of Christ? And he's like, Well, there's a couple guys that got saved, so maybe, plus leaders, just a, just a couple of us, a few of us. You're full of guys that are on a journey, that are open to come in to play basketball. He's just serving a need. You know what, James? Has done. He said, guys, here's the deal. Let's play basketball, but if you're interested, you have questions about Christianity, why don't you come early? We'll have some pizza, and we're going to do Alpha. He started Alpha. And do you know that some of these young men have, yeah, isn't this awesome? And several young men now have given their lives to Christ. They've just said, I'm going I'm to become a follower of Jesus. And, I mean, they're rough around the edges. But, man, if we don't hear some F-bombs dropping at first assembly, we've lost it, guys. We've lost why we're here. We, like, seriously, like, bring it on. Like, not you because you're saved. But <laughs> sorry to all the parents who we have to deal with. Their are lunchtime conversations. Pastor Ben said it's okay to swear. Uh, <laughs> serving helps us to see people. Serving helps us to see people. Increasing your circle of love is seeing lost people and serving lost people. And I want to show you this video today because I believe we can all, we can all do it. We can all move forward. We can all... Ask the Holy Spirit to crank up that spiritual temperature in our lives by starts with prayer. Just says, God help me. And then it's moving to proximity. Get me in the world of people that aren't Christians yet, aren't saved. And just help me to rub shoulders and, and show love. And Lord, let me share my story and let me hear their story. And I think it's a lot simpler. I wanna I wanna offload the pressure of evangelism. And I want us to see as a church evangelism as enlarging my circle of love. And as we do, we can love all people to Jesus.